how crusta voltaics could restore arid lands. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. As many communities across the country remove lead water lines after the Flint, Michigan crisis, there's concern they may be leaping from the frying pan into the fire if they replace those pipes with ones made from polyvinyl chloride, or PVC. The nonprofit organization Beyond Plastics reported last week that PVC poses a risk to human health, identifying dozens of dangerous chemicals leaching from the pipes, like benzene, styrene, and other volatile organic compounds. PVC can also release hormone disruptors, which can cause health problems, particularly in children and developing fetuses. According to the authors, it is difficult to be certain about the exact number of chemicals released by the pipes because manufacturers use different formulas. The government has not researched PVC pipe safety and doesn't require manufacturers to provide information to the public about chemical releases. The potential harm to humans from exposure to these chemicals is not well understood. However, Bruce Blumberg of the University of California, Irvine, told Beyond Plastics that PVC is a horror show. Beyond Plastics recommends that more data are urgently needed to show the potential toxic consequences of using PVC pipes, and in the meantime, copper or stainless steel should be considered. You've probably heard of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, made up of plastics and other debris collecting between California and Hawaii. That patch is not like a solid island, and you can't even see it on satellite images. Rather, it's more like a cloudy soup of plastic and debris that circulates in a gyre or vortex about twice the size of Texas. It's dotted with things like shoes and fishing gear and extends from the surface to the ocean floor. And those pieces of plastic, they're teeming with life one wouldn't expect to see in the open ocean. Scientists at the University of Hawaii Manoa have shown that the creatures, such as worms and anemones, mollusks and crabs, which previously survived only in coastal communities, are now colonizing on the garbage patch. The majority of the trash that washes up on the Hawaiian islands is from the plastic vortex, which could lead to an invasion of non-native species. Before the plastic conveyor, species could reach new locales by hitchhiking on vegetation like seaweed. However, unlike plastics, that organic matter breaks down quickly. As we marked Earth Day on April 22nd, millions of people around the world rolled up their sleeves to clean up beaches, plant gardens, or commit to living more sustainably to avoid the catastrophic effects of climate change. While the most crucial thing humans can do is to stop burning fossil fuels, a growing number of methods, from planting trees to carbon capture, are attempting to remove the tons of greenhouse gases already pumped into the atmosphere. The ocean has a natural ability to absorb huge amounts of carbon, and that's inspired a technology called sea change, developed by researchers at UCLA. It can rinse CO2 from seawater and return less acidic water to the ocean, where it can absorb more greenhouse gases. At a barge docked at the Port of Los Angeles, seawater is zapped with an electrical charge which kicks off a series of chemical reactions that convert the CO2 into solids like limestone and magnesite, the stuff of seashells. Cleaned water is then returned to the ocean and ready to take up more CO2, and the shell minerals are sent to the seafloor or possibly used 
used to replenish beach sand or made into building materials like cement. And a byproduct of the process is hydrogen, a clean fuel being used in transportation. The researchers also say a filtration system prevents marine life from being sucked into the system. Sounds good, but this project won't capture anywhere near the amount of carbon we need to grab, as over 37 billion tons are dumped into the atmosphere each year. But they say roughly 1,800 plants could sequester about 10 billion tons annually and make a dent. Another demonstration site is starting this month in Singapore. And finally... Hiking through a desert might give the impression of a mostly barren space with just patches of shrubs, but the craggy surface beneath your shoes is actually a living skin called biocrust, and it's teeming with life, performing remarkable feats. Biocrusts contain algae, fungi, lichens, and mosses that sequester carbon, stabilize soils, retain water, and fix nitrogen for plants. That is, unless it's trampled, driven across, and built upon, which is increasingly the case around the globe. Biocrusts are also threatened by climate change. So what to do to restore these vital ecosystems? Enter crustavoltaics, a newly coined term by researchers at Arizona State University who rejuvenated biocrusts by covering them with solar panels. During a three-year study in the Sonoran Desert, the team found that photovoltaic panels created a greenhouse-like microclimate that promoted biocrust formation doubling its biomass when compared with uncovered areas. In short, crustovoltaics are a biocrust nursery, which can be used to replenish arid lands that have been damaged or destroyed. The team says the technique requires fewer resources than other methods and has the added benefit of producing renewable energy as it stores carbon and builds biodiversity. That's it for this week in water. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.